Hello, and welcome to the AIPT Comics Podcast, episode 240. I'm here with Nathan Simmons. Nathan, it's good to have you back. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. I, uh, I enjoyed listening to the show last week. It was fun, you know, hearing Chris for uh, an hour, and then suddenly I appeared <laughs> in the interview. You did. You did. Scott Hoffman and, uh, and I and you all talked. Yeah. That was a fun chat. I was I was yeah. really happy to hear that back. Um, even more excited to be back here just in time for some truly bonkers Marvel solicits. Yes, the full Marvel solicitations came out this week. And uh, with it, a bunch of uh, new information, new titles. Of course, tons oh, of yeah. art. Go check that out on APCComics.com, of course. Which is not um, a given, right? Like, because so so often we get these announcements several months before solicits, mm. and there's still some of those yeah. that happen this month. But like, that's true. Yeah, man. There's uh, there's some pretty wild stuff to talk about. We're we're doubling down on Marvel this week as the uh, oh, Women yeah. of Marvel podcasters, Ellie Pyle and Preeti Cheber are joining us to talk all about their podcast, but also. The new format they're taking on, and also yeah. Jean Grey. If you're an X Men fan, yeah, I'm excited to hear that. I'm, I'm glad that? that 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 show's back too. Did uh, is it KFC that has the double down burger? Yes, absolutely. The the sandwich that you have to burn your fingers in order to eat because <laughs> it's it's fried chicken, right? It's the bread is chicken. Oh man, I feel like with Marvel, the bread is chicken. You know what I mean? I, absolutely. And what's more chicken bread than timeless? This is true. This is true. <laughs> I say yes. that every morning. <laughs> <laughs> you do say that. Yeah, uh, the Marvel solicitations, uh, they lead with Timeless number one being announced. You mm-hmm. actually talked about this with Jed McKay last, uh, well, the last time he was on the show. Yeah. Because he actually wrote the last two. And I, apparently this is an annual thing Marvel will be doing mm-hmm. to preview what's to come in 2024. This this year, though, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing are drawing, are writing with Juan mm-hmm. Cabal drawing, which, man, that is a really good uh, creative team. Yeah. And and also building off of some of the teases we've seen in previous Timeless uh, one shots, uh, we're, we're building up a the Moon Knight unending, mm-hmm. uh, a nightmare born of Stark tech, the eternal machine and the god of the moon. Uh, we're, we're building up Power Man as the only person who can stop this new, you know, superpower. Uh, some really, really cool stuff, and then a ton of teases, like you said, of, of what to expect next year. I, I've been looking forward to these one-shots each year. It's really fun. I almost want them to do it, like, every season. But maybe that's I, too much. <laughs> it might be too much, considering, like, I, I feel like we're still waiting on some stuff from, like, the first Timeless to really kick in. Right, like, the last Timeless had some stuff with the Spider-Man Nightcrawler, um, mm-hmm. and that only just came out this week. Well, we've also been teasing something to do with Miracle Man mm. for a long time, and yeah. I'm ready for that to pay off as well. If we're talking about things that we're anticipating and they're not out yet, uh, the Mary Jane Jackpot book is not in these solicits, and people are like, well, fuck. I noticed. What the Isn't hell? that strange? They talk like that. And I was like, they gosh, did. why are you talking like that? But yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Maybe it was delayed for Spider-Boy reasons. <laughs> Oh, possibly. I, I'm, you know, I'm still looking forward to that. I, I love Mary Jane and mm-hmm. uh, excited to see her take on a heroic role. But yeah, I was a little, little surprised not to see that in the solicits at all. Especially after this week where Spider-Man is like literally going to go kill Paul. So <laughs> <laughs> Right. And also just like what a week for Spider-Man news in general. Oh, for sure. Which we'll get to in a second. Oh, but yeah. solicits though. Yes. Uh, yes. We actually had, night. AIPT had the scoop on the original X-Men number one one-shot. Oh, yeah. If you read X-Men Monday, we had a preview and a chat with Christos Gage. Gage uh, Chris Hassan uh, unfurled these preview pages for us as X-Men Monday t- always does. Always mm-hmm. surprising. People were a flutter with anger, but also happiness. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is the OG X-Men, and uh, there's a multiversal story here. I recommend going read that interview. There's a lot of details in there. Um, yeah. And it's just to celebrate the 60th anniversary. I don't know why people get so like, oh, my God, I don't want this. Why do I? Why are they doing this? It's right. just a fun one. It's five bucks. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm looking forward to that as well. Like, I, I feel like I'm I think I'm going to be a net positive in all the news this week because like I'm I'm looking forward to original X-Men. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to David Pepo's and David Wachter, uh, Dave Wachter's Punisher. Like I'm, yeah. I, you know, I I like that Marvel is kind of playing, you know, in the sandbox that it has established, but also trying new things. There's a nice mix for everybody, I think. Oh, for sure. And these are, there's new stuff too, like Gods Number Three is coming out in December. Um, right. We'll first be... issue is coming out next week. No, two weeks from now, October. Two 4th. weeks from now. 
And we're midway through White, we'll be midway through White Widow and Daredevil Black Armor. Uh, We'll be right in the midst of gang war. (laughs) So I will always say like that. There's a whole, uh, uh, what is it called? A uh, guide Uh to the gang war. I, I, gosh, off the top of my head, I think it's 26 books in total. It, there's a prelude to yeah. Gang War in November, then it launches in December, and then it yeah. runs through March. So I sure hope you like gangs and wars. I do. If- and, you know, I, I hope that Marvel doesn't miss the opportunity to, like, do a fashion collab. Can you imagine, like, Gucci Gang War? Oh. <laughs> wow, I didn't think of that. That's pretty good. Why would you? a variant cover series. <laughs> um We'll also a variant be... cover ski- series. Yeah, yeah. Let me just say there is a uh, a skiing variant cover series coming out in December. Thank God. Uh, the the chalet uh, variant. I just can't believe how um, I don't know foo foo rich it sounds. I love to have it. a chalet series. I did see uh, someone in our, our our AIPT Discord, which you can uh, you can join for two dollars. If you join our patron, uh, said it's kind of funny they're doing this chalet skiing thing when yeah. literally. Um, chalets are closing across the globe due to global warming. That's true. <laughs> and I'm assuming, like, but it, isn't that great that it's, like, our bougiest heroes? Like, I'd love to I see, know, right? yeah. like, Angel on a ski <laughs> slope. <laughs> oh, my God. Angel. He, he'd he have, like, he wouldn't even be skiing at that point. It'd be, like... That he'd thing own it, they, though. Where they pull you from a boat and you're up in the... you paragliding or whatever? Sure. Yeah, yeah let's do like that. that. Or, right. like, that guy who attached all the balloons to his lawn chair? Yes, up. That's right. A movie. <laughs> yeah, up. That's <laughs> not a true story. That's right. Um, <laughs> we'll also be kicking off Century Number One, yep. which we talked about last time I was on the show, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. I, I, I'm looking forward to. Thunderbolts, uh, Thunderbolts as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's some really fun stuff closing out the year. For sure. Yeah. Uh, also, the Star Wars Revelations is returning, so they're doing a Star oh, yeah. Wars Timeless. Essentially, this is the second year in a row they've done. That's that right. There's a main story, but also they'll be teasing what's to come. I guess last year's t- teased uh, the Dark Droids story. It did, event. and and, and uh, the um, yeah, the, they they've done a really good job of paying those off. You know, we we mm-hmm. you know this time two years ago we were hearing something got into the metal. You know, like I, I just feel like yeah, it, I I feel like Star Wars is doing a really great job of paying off those breadcrumbs. And then I know you're excited for the Micronauts omnibus. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, they've also already solicited the second collection of ROM. So, like, uh, yeah, your, your boy's getting all his Hasbro <laughs> 70s comics. <laughs> and if you don't want to buy the Omnibus, you have this X-Men ROM Marvel Tales uh, yeah. one-shot, essentially. That's, what, it's like six issues, four issues? Something like that. It's collecting, yeah, yeah all of the issues of ROM featuring uh, the X-Men uh, team-ups yeah, yeah. and crossovers. I was never Which, that ROM, was... but... That was I the fun thing. It. Yeah, that was the fun thing about Rom was it 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 could have been just like a a, a very, you know, milk toast uh action figure tie-in, but in fact there were stories that really like held meaning in the Marvel universe. You know, he was Yeah. I, I remember my mind being blown realizing that like there's a story early on in Rom that's a sequel to like one of the first Doctor Strange stories and it's just I I I love that book. I'm so excited to revisit those. We'll see if they hold up. I hope so. I feel like they do. I still have most of the original run in my uh, my filing cabinet. So. We should do a ROM like show and just have you oh my read gosh. it on air. No, that's okay. Too long. <laughs> no, we'll do it. We'll Thousands do it. of pages. Romcast. Marvel's also in the business of uh, giving us details about stuff a month later uh, from the solicits as they reveal. Yeah. Beware, the Planet of the Apes is coming out in January 2024, continuing their Planet of the Apes Fox 20th Century Fox labeling. Uh, yeah. series this is a four issue miniseries uh should be fun i haven't really gotten into the planet of the apes i was never really into the planet of the apes i i mean i appreciate it but i don't know sure i i love the movies um i have yet to dip my toe into like the more recent planet of the apes comics uh very excited for this one though i mean it's mark guggenheim and alvaro lopez writing a story about cornelius and zira my my favorite characters from the original films so, uh, yeah, this is definitely one worth checking out, I think. Was it The Simpsons that did the whole the Planet, Planet of the Apes musical? musical. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Possibly the best Simpsons joke of all time. Like, it's so good. It's pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to some more Marvel news, because we can't get enough of Marvel. Um, oh, man, oh, man. So this is crazy. They released all these teasers this week. Uh-huh. And I'm talking, I think, three or four. How many are there? Jeez Louise. One, two, three, f- three. Three. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, but they're all big. Anyway, they start with the end of the Krakoan Age teaser. Right. Um, so the fall of the House of X and rise of the Powers of X, or Powers of Powers of Ten, uh, right. are going to be announced at NYCC on um, Saturday, uh, October 14th at the mm-hmm. Next Big Thing panel. And on this teaser, we have no information besides the titles and then Jerry Dugan and Lucas Horneck and Kieran Gillen and R.B. Silva are clearly mm-hmm. doing these maybe end of the Krakoan era uh, titles. Yeah, the fear here that I'm seeing online is that we're going for an extremely back to basics approach. Go, you know, just the core X Men at the Manor again, right? right and right. Uh, which you know would give us a clean slate and a clean entry point for whenever the X Men eventually show up in the movies again. Right. Uh, which uh, I get the I get the worry about that, and it it you know judging from some of the changes that have happened at Marvel editorial in the last few years, it seems possible. But at the same time, I don't know that this is the creative team you get for, mm. you know, the most basic X-Men story, right? Right. No, I don't think so. Um, um, Kieran Gillen said something in his newsletter about how he's nearing the end of his run on Marvel. So oh yeah, right. Uh, I, he's not done writing these titles yet. So this will probably take us into the summer, maybe. And that's when the big shakeup, maybe Tom Brevroot takes over X-Men then. I don't know. We'll find right. Out. Oh, right. Because that's looming as well. So Yeah. So we'll yeah, see. the fans are really nervous, especially the ones that really love the Krakoan era. Yeah. But I, I keep saying this to people, like, this era has lasted longer than most. We're talking it has. three, four I, years. I don't know that I want, like, fully going back to classic X-Men, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it, I see the, I see the advantages of it, but it's so fun to explain to somebody what <laughs> X-Men is now. Like my dad is like, f- was fully blown away when I was telling him about Moira and, mm. it was and a really cool Krakoa idea. and yeah. And I, I just, I, I, but again, that could be part of the problem, right? Like it's, it's very quickly become very dense. Mm-hmm. Um, because originally, you know, we were going to have like two books and that was going to lead us into the new era of X-Men. And it's quickly, right. you know, Expanded. grown beyond that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how they pare things down and what they keep and what they uh, toss out. But um, we know nothing aside from literally the titles of these <laughs> events. Right. And uh, <coughs> man, this next big thing panel, which is always the biggest panel at most cons mm-hmm. because Marvel loves to come in with these big splashy reveals. Right. Uh, is going to be huge because they also revealed Jonathan Hickman and Marco Ciccetto are going to be teaming up for a new Ultimate Spider-Man series. We knew... Boy. <laughs> People are so pumped for this. Yeah. I hope they curb their expectations because, you know, it can only go so high. But Well, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, and Spider-Man Twitter, infamously volatile. But like, mm. I, I've, you know, it's funny. I think this is the first Spider-Man announcement, aside from maybe Cody Ziegler taking over Miles, that I've yeah. seen that has been almost universally people being psyched about it. Sure. Um, I We still don't know yet who the lead character will be. It could be, it could be... Uh, Miles, it could be a, it could be Ultimate Peter, it could be you know a, any number of characters. It would, Paul? My, it, it could be Paul. <laughs> my my thought would be that it's whichever Spider Man was engineered by the maker in yeah. this new version of the Ultimate Universe. Um, but yeah, I mean, any time I don't know. I'm always excited about a new Hickman book. I love Chichetto's artwork. The two of them worked on a really incredible Spider-Man story this year. You get it, which was in the, um, uh, was, was that in the annual? Was that, it's the one that has all of the alternate the, uh, universe Spider-Man. It's the amazing fantasy 1000 or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a truly, uh, exceptional story, uh, that, that also immediately like told me, okay, these guys understand both mm-hmm. the plight of Peter and his strengths and why mm-hmm. he's still such a lovable character that we want to follow, even though he's, he fails all the time right, and everything right. sucks for him. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to see what this creative team does with, with the Spider-Man name. It's also interesting to see this come up because we know ultimate invasion, which is wrapping up next week uh-huh. is sort of, leading us into an ultimate universe reboot. And right. then we know there's a one shot that's coming that Hickman's writing as well. 
this is the first official series. I think it's, a, well, we don't know if it's a series, but it's probably the first official series that's going to be sprouting from this Ultimate Universe reboot. Right. Um, and yeah, and, you, and to... you, you and I have read uh, ult- the, the Ultimate Invasion yeah. finale, and without spoiling anything, it does leave things in an interesting spot that I didn't expect. So yeah, um, yeah. It, 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 you were going to ask me a question. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, Ultimate Invasion, though... Yeah. It does it does show that Maker passes over Peter and doesn't let him get right. bitten. That's right. And he also and it also shows him connecting with Miles in some way. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was a Miles Morales book. Well, especially since, you know, the early uh solicits and early like uh speculation about this that's about an ultimate invasion implied heavily that Miles was going to factor into the book in a big way. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see if that's if those plans just got shifted when they decided to do a mm-hmm. Miles book. But right. um, I get we'll find out. Imagine if they suck Miles out of the 616 and put him back into another Ultimate Universe. I can't imagine they'll do it. <laughs> I, I just truly can't. People will be so mad. Um, people probably won't be mad about the next bit of news, <laughs> which is Chip Zdarsky is going to be kicking off an Avengers Twilight book with right. Daniel Acuna. Uh, again, this is going to be revealed uh, at the Next Big Thing panel at NYCC. Mm-hmm. We really don't know much besides a startling new vision of the Avengers next month is coming. So, uh, And also, the uh, behold the final days of Earth's Mightiest Heroes in Avengers Twilight. So is this like Avengers in like an old folks home? It's like Twilight. <laughs> I oh is it is it them and sparkling vampires? No, I I yeah I love how little we know about this. Yeah, um, good creative. I, I mean, I, you know, I love Chip. Uh, really excited to see what he does with this. Um, it makes me think that we're getting like the Avengers version of Kingdom Come uh, or something like that. But we'll see. I like that. Now I want that. If it's yeah, not that, well, I'm gonna be mad. I guess I'll write it for you. <laughs> Uh, Chip Zdarsky's on this podcast next week for an hour and 45 minute chat about his career. We we do a whole Colbert questionnaire and we get to know him. Uh, And also he mentions Marco Cicchetto loves Spider-Man and it's the only thing he wants to draw. So when I saw the news that he's doing this Ultimate Spider-Man, I was like, oh, good for him. Hell yeah. This book, of course, doesn't come up because Chip's really good at secrets. But uh... (laughs) he is. He's so good at it. (laughs) He actually was on a podcast a few months ago saying he's done with Marvel with Daredevil. That's right. You know, liar, liar, pants on, pants on fire, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's an official uh, legal statement. It is. Uh, but yeah, that's... Th- so I, I, I would be surprised if there's more, uh, you know, next big thing uh, teasers, because that's a lot to fit into an hour panel. But, you know, Marvel likes to be splashy and surprised, so we'll see. Um, yeah. Moving on to some indie comics news. Rick Remender has signed a three-year exclusive contract with Image Comics. Mm-hmm. They've both had a pretty storied career at this point with a lot of original creator-owned books that he's done, like Black Science, Low, Seven to Eternity. So it's not a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, it's funny, though. I wanted to say, if you read the press release for this, Remender is like, look, I've been asked to, to write Batman and the X-Men, and I turned them down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're so humble, Rick. Yeah, but at the same time, he is saying, like, these are the stories that actually, if you can imagine, I turned those down to tell these stories. It's, it's a, I mean, that's yeah, good shorthand for It's a good comics. salesmanship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. I, res- I respect it. Of course, it immediately makes my, like, my imagination go, okay, was he asked to join Jonathan Hickman, or was, you know, this oh, could sure. have been 20 years ago for all we know. Well, not that many years ago, but... Uh, yeah, so uh, good for him and good for Image it's, that yeah. it's working out. Um, Image also announced a new book called Our Bones Dust coming yeah. out in December. I have to say that title slowly because my brain doesn't want to say it like that. I, I feel like there's a word missing. Our Bones Dust. Our Bones Are Dust. I love um, it. Anyway, this one is uh, written it's very, by It's ben very Stimble. Ray Bradbury, I feel like. Image like led really heavily with one of the co-creators or not co-creators. One of the creators uh, who's drawn many a Hellboy mm-hmm. comic is bringing us oh, yeah. this cool sci-fi. And this is Stenbeck, Ben Stenbeck's first solo series, so that's really exciting too. Yeah, he crushes on everything oh, yeah. at Dark Horse, so it's cool to see him kind of branching out and doing his own thing. Um, and we're talking survivalist, dystopian, mm-hmm. cannibal tribes, AI. <laughs> uh, I mean, this looks mm-hmm. dope. Yeah, it, it's a, a really incredible robot design here as well. It's so tall and weird. In it original, does, it is. 
There's like a coin slot on their backpack. It's kind of strange. <laughs> you see them like reading the chlorophyll in an old plant. Like, yeah, there's some great stuff here. Nathan, I, so I'm excited. He's looking at the preview on amptcomics.com. I am. Out. Uh, I wish there was some way to vis- to put visuals into the audio. Yeah, someday. I mean, I guess you could describe what you're saying. Someday we'll just we'll figure out what television is. <laughs> Sometimes when I listen to NPR, they're like, they have someone like on another end of the, they're calling oh, someone yeah. in and they're like in the street and they're like, tell us exactly what you're seeing. Sure. And like, I see an ambulance and I see people over here and it's... It's so big. <laughs> what is? <laughs> Where is this going, Nathan? Uh, <laughs> uh, Boom Studios also uh, delighted fans as yeah. the Slaughterverse grows with Book of Butcher. Did you know Slaughterverse is one of the highest selling comics right now? I did. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's crazy. Love I feel to see like, it. I feel like I'm not the right age for it. I feel like it's like teens and 20s and I'm like, you know, 75 years old. Possibly, but I, I just... Well, I don't know that you're 75, but I do love that Boom is continuing to put out, uh, cre- you know, uh, uh, in- in indie books that people are loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is James Tynan, of course, with Werther Del- Adera uh, re- mm-hmm. rejoining forces for their, for I think, God, this is like, I can't even say. So, I mean, it, this is, of course, based on the um, Something is Killing the Children universe. Uh, right. Which I think has a TV deal or something. So It does. Yeah, I think with Netflix or something like that, they're, they're supposed to be developing it. Mm-hmm. And then in our last bit of news, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. Have you heard of them? They're heard teaming of them. for a book called Masterpiece. Uh, this is part of the Jinx World label uh, that yeah. Bendis brought to Dark Horse. And okay, I got to just say. Dark Horse says that Masterpiece <laughs> is, is perfect for fans of Miles Morales, Legion of Superheroes, and Akira. <laughs> Interesting. Two of those books Bendis has written. As far as I know, uh, <laughs> he's never done any Akira tie-ins, but um, yeah. I love it. I, I love a I love a, a bold title like Masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I this you know I love this creative team. I love Malieve's work, Ian Herring's uh, colors. Uh, this is really exciting to see. And it's yeah, a heist it's, story. I mean, you can't beat that. I love a heist story. Tula Latay and Peach Mawoka are doing some pretty sweet variant covers as well. Ah, oh, hell yeah. It's a six-issue series. It starts in December. Yeah, go pick that up. Moving on to oh, our yeah. next segment, Top Books of the Week. We're going to talk about our top two favorite comics out this week. Yeah. Beep, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I really that. liked uh, Predator vs. Wolverine, number one, by Benjamin Percy, Greg Land, Ken Lashley, Hizama. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we got to read this early because we got to chat with Ben Percy, um, mm-hmm. and he was on the show a few weeks ago. And uh, it's just, this book rips. It's, um, it does. It smartly, like, connects to canon, so it feels pertinent yes. to, like, the larger Wolverine story, his, like, his, like, narrative. But also, it makes so much sense to have him be fighting this predator, this killer, but also and, it has uh, enough wiggle room that you don't, if you're not like fully versed in Wolverine canon, you can still yeah. enjoy it. It fills in some of the blanks in a, in a fun way. There's a, there's a montage in this book where we see Predator fight a goat and then yes. he fights a puma and then he fights a killer whale. He does. <laughs> yes, he does. I just laugh so hard. I'm like, this is fucking comics, right? Yeah, this, yeah. You wouldn't get this in a movie. No way. He's freaking Absolutely. riding the killer whale trying to about like stab it in the brain. Ah. Uh. Does the predator go swimming? Like, how did he know the yeah. whale was out there to kill? He's looking. There's some, uh, it's also exercise. So there's a lot of content here and there's mm-hmm. multiple timelines. So we see uh, Logan when in the 1900s when he's still pretty young and fresh, has bone claws. But then yeah. there's some cool little like twists and turns. Like he takes a job and then ends up uh, taking out some bad guys for a reason he didn't realize. And it's a clever little twist. Um, once again, too, I think Benjamin Percy is one of the best to write wolverine captions where yeah it's almost poetic the like beast and monster inside of him but also the humanity and also um, very blunt at the same time mm. like he's straight up like this is what's happening this is where we are and this is what i gotta do next mm-hmm. yeah yeah solid book i know it's a little extra money but it is extra pages uh yeah Go check I, out. I loved it it was so close to being in my top two uh yeah. th- this was such a good week for comics but i yeah. i went with uh I went with Captain America, number one, by J. Michael Straczynski and Jesus Saez. Um, this book uh, is a great uh, fresh start to to Cap. I mean, it, it sort of drops us into um, 
into modern day, but also fills in some of the some of the blanks in his history. Tell, tells us a little bit about his home life. We learn some things about why he approaches the world and humanity in the way that he does. It also manages to give Cap a new goal in not only fighting big super villains, but also like trying to take care of his fellow man and and be uh, you know a good role model for everybody. It was just really nice how it sort of builds up these new threats, recenters Cap as a street level hero, which I feel like we haven't seen in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also, you know, it gives him a new a new lease on life in a lot of ways. I, I, I had a really good time with this first issue. Yeah, I'm intrigued by the flashbacks and how it's showing how he's a, he was a hero before he had powers. Absolutely. And adding like a layer to his backstory, his origin story, and mm-hmm. it involves Nazis. So, you know, there's like an Indiana Jones vibe to it almost. Like, Absolutely. Punch, let's punch a Nazi yeah. in the face, you know? Totally. And and the artwork uh, is fantastic. Great acting from all the characters. Like I, yeah, it, it felt, it felt like a Joe Johnston movie. Like I, I got that sort of rocketeer Captain America, first Avengers boy shucks howdy mm-hmm. vibe mm-hmm. from it. And I, and I like that. You know, I reviewed this for APT and like when Tony is talking to him on the phone. Yes. The dialogue was like, this is Robert Downey Jr. talking right now. Like 100%. I don't, know, I don't know what it was exactly, but immediately I tapped into like, oh, this is movie Tony. But it also felt like Straczynski's been keeping up with uh, current writers. Like it, there's there's tones of Cantwell's uh, mm. Tony Stark in there as well, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. Right. Yeah. They connect to other stories as well. Yeah. It's in canon. Oh, yeah. Uh, good pick. Thanks, man. I like that. Uh, what was too. your favorite, though? I really liked Wonder Woman number one by Tom King and Daniel Samper. Um, yeah, this book is so good on so many levels. Yeah, Tom King, man, I just consistently, I am just wowed by how he's always trying new things narratively or mm-hmm. structurally or with pace or with character. And he does sure. it again with this. And I love the, you know, social and, you know, the connections to real life that's happening mm. in the book. Um it's a Wonder Woman book, but it's also about our society and the media. And it's also mm-hmm. about how Amazonians are, are immigrants living in America. And that's kind of a dangerous thing when there are certain people in power. Sure. Which we see in a scene that's basically straight out of the news where ICE was literally ripping uh, parents from their kids and then mm-hmm. shrugging their shoulders a month later and going, we don't know how to get these kids back to their parents. Like, right. terrible stuff like this. And that... Totally, I just was getting like flashbacks to that. There was actually something like that happened in New Bedford a couple of years ago, and it was just right. so tragic. Uh, meanwhile, though, like there's this villain that's uh, <laughs> so good at what he does, and and in this first issue, gets to face off against Wonder Woman, and he thinks he has her uh, in his clutches. Yeah. But you know, she got the lasso, she got the tiara, she got the agility. <laughs> uh, Daniel gets to draw all of her abilities in one fight scene, which is great. Yes. And then it also promises a new villain in the end. And mm-hmm. sure, yeah, we've seen the trope of there's a villain that's been behind it all and, you know, you know, manipulating our culture or whatever. Yeah. This is but, almost a Garth Ennis level villain. Mm, like this is like a, that's true. this is, it almost feels like something out of preacher to me. Like I, yeah, that yeah. last page kind of shocked me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but like, mm. It connects to the founding fathers of America. So mm-hmm. even though Wonder Woman is Amazonian, the book feels very tied to America and our culture in yeah. different ways, which is so compelling to me. I, I I mostly liked this issue. I found the pacing to be a little funky. Like I, it, it felt to me like one, I couldn't really tell what the timeline here is of like, okay, this inciting incident occurs. And then we've gotten to the point where like, there are splinter groups and conspiracy theories and a law gets passed and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, there, there were certain elements of it where I'm, I'm hoping they get sort of solidified a little bit more as the book goes on. I get that those aren't necessarily the driving force. So I, I get why it's sort of like, uh, compressed but uh yeah it's a it's a it, there's a lot of different ideas going on mm. and I'm, I'm curious to see how how king pulls them all together something too that i really appreciate is he's essentially in one issue uh, earned the fact that wonder woman has to have a secret identity now sure she can't walk around and, and 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 be wonder woman because she might get arrested so there's this like dual personality element which is so classic to superheroes that she and... hasn't had in a long time 
And I like that she specifically is like, I can't carry a sword anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why. <laughs> like, right. It's uh, that that, that might have been my favorite moment of the issue. Yeah, I, th- I, I think it came out swinging. Um, yeah, I, I see your point about pace. But yeah, I don't know. It just feels so exciting. And it feels more singular to Wonder Woman as a represent representative amazonian right she's like yeah she's fighting for her people but also the world in, in, in other ways too and it does feel like a a, a clear start to a new volume which mm. is always exciting for sure but what was your favorite book of the week i really loved rare flavors number one by ram v and Felipe andrade uh this is of course the team from the many deaths of layla star which is my favorite book of what was that 2021 Gosh, it's been a minute. Uh Um, A a beautiful series, uh, or a beautiful start to a series about a demon who uh, wants to make a documentary about food (laughs) and the people who make it. Um, We we get a lot of hints that something darker is happening along the edges. Um, There's there's a a reason that our main character Ruben is being hunted, and he might not necessarily be the best guy on the in the universe. Um, but the storytelling in this is so beautiful, so lovely. The each and and I, we we also we get a sort of a recipe or a, a sort of meditative description on how to make uh, a, a masala chai in this first issue. That I I just I love that element of it. I felt like I was watching, I was reading the best issue, the best episode of you know Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations mixed with you know uh mysticism and and uh, i just uh, it's such an interesting combination of vibes that i just i i don't know that i've read anything like it before mm-hmm. um and i was telling you before this i love andrade's art so much uh he he captures movement so well when you're watching someone like cook there's like a there's a tangibility to seeing something like flinging up in the pan there's yeah. one there's one shot where there's one panel where he uh, the this filmmaker slams his glass on the on the table and his arm has sort of like waves through it like a waveform almost like we're seeing the sound of the slam reflected in the structure of his arm. Uh, it's just it's really incredible stuff and I I can't wait to read the rest of this book. I I have a feeling much like Layla Star this is going to be one that's like that I'm loving as I'm reading it. And then when I read it in trade, it's going to obliterate me. Yeah. Deeper meaning. Yeah. There's, there's an Absolutely. emotionality to the, to the creative team here that just oh, yeah. nobody's doing right now, which is so fascinating and, and good. <coughs> yeah. I really like this issue too. And um, mm-hmm. really tantalized by this demon who, if you look up the type of demon he is, they, yes. they eat people. <laughs> they do. And yet he likes human food for some reason. He does. Yeah. My only gripe with the first issue, which I say in my review is like, I wish I knew a little bit more about the demon and like why, why he's doing this. Um, Of course, you know, we'll get those answers eventually. But yeah, I, uh, I just, yeah, go pick this up. It got a second printing already. So I know uh, it sold out almost immediately. It's because of Layla star. I bet they're, they're these, these two are, they're going to have like a trilogy at some point. I I was telling, I I was telling my girlfriend, like every time they work together, it is an event Mm -hmm. for sure. Nice pick, man. Thanks. You too. Moving on to our standout. Kapow! Moment of the week. This is our favorite panel or page, which we really, really like. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I really liked a page, a double page layout from Superman number six by Joshua Williamson and Glove Malnikoff. Uh, this issue rips. Another it's really so good, good superhero. It was really look. close. Yeah. Uh, we get to see who is in the basement, of, or Lex Luthor's basement, so to speak. That's and, right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this character is covered in chains. He's pretty badass. Um, for some reason, the art reminded me of like Chris Bachelot. Not no 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 offense, of course, to Gleb, who's just so good. Oh, I can see but that. Yeah, I love the the framing of Superman rushing to get to this guy, who then crushes him with these giant rock hands. Yeah, and uh, the dynamic here is it's very Akira. It's very like manga esque, and yeah, yeah. Gleb just gets better and better every year. I, I've loved his work for years, and it just. I'm just astounded by some of the splashes in this and the dynamic nature of it all. Great villain design too. Mm, mm, uh, yeah, just really, really simple, but fan, like very, very striking. Mm-hmm. What'd you like? I really loved uh, a page from Hot Girl Number Three by Jedzia Axelrod and Amanke Nalpan. Um, in this issue, uh, 
Galaxy and Hawkgirl have helped Batman uh, put together some uh, a mystery involving the Court of Owls and, and fought off a monster, a giant owl monster, which was uh, not something that I had on my bingo card for this week. And as Batman is sort of shaking himself loose, uh, Galaxy is monologuing at him like at, at rapid pace. Just here's what we did. Uh, this is how the fight went on my end. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope you're feeling okay, Batman. And Batman just doesn't say anything to her, but he smiles as he like uh, grapples away and says, you belong here, which mm-hmm. I think is such a lovely thing because mm-hmm. not only is Galaxy sort of tried to prove herself uh, as a, as a worthy member of the, you know, the superhero community, um, and also just in her own personal life, tried to prove herself uh, as a as a valuable person. Um, it's also I discovered on Twitter uh, seemingly a, a reference to a cameo that Jedzia's wife got for her last year, in oh. which Kevin Conroy told what? her that Galaxy belongs here. Oh, that's so um, cool! And I just uh, I love it because she uh, Jedzia shared this a few days ago with the caption: "Thanks for your help with the script, Kevin." Oh. And I, uh, it like made me cry and (laughs) I'm like getting emotional thinking about it now, but I just, uh, I love it. It's such a purely Batman moment Mm -hmm. and specifically feels like, uh, Kevin's heart on the page as well. So that was, I just thought that was a really lovely moment. That's such a good detail. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. So many good books this week. It was such a good book, uh, such a good week for books. Like it was so hard narrowing things down. Yeah. One of these weeks, we're just going to do a top 10. We should we'll do a, we'll a three-hour like, episode. I, I thought about asking you <laughs> if I could have a, another you know, top book spot this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to our next segment, top books for next week. We're going to talk about our most anticipated comic. I can't wait for yeah. Power Girl number one by Leah Williams, Woo. Julia Ferreira, and Eduardo Pensica. Um, yeah, we talked to Leah about this book and her plans. That's right. A few months ago now. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm really excited. Leah hasn't been doing much in the last month or two so it's cool to see her back and also yes. Power Girl's back too and I think she has an interesting angle on the character and I think mm-hmm. you know Power Girl has had a rough history and it's time for yeah. someone to give them a nice long run with a nice long uh, uh, strong characterization and future yes yeah I'm, I'm so excited for this this new take on Power Girl and and the Power Girl special was such a blast and a half, uh, and also another book that like made me a little emotional. So I I'm really looking forward to seeing the arc that she goes on here. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to Batman: The Brave and the Bold number five by a whole bunch of people, but mainly I'm excited about it because it finally continues Tom King and Mitch Gerard's Batman Joker story that uh, was delayed a couple of months. Uh, we, we've had a, some really, really fun fill-in stories in the meantime, but I'm so excited to continue this story of the first encounter between Batman and the Joker. Joker is so freaking haunting and scary. And this so is basically like a freaking monster under your bed. It's just, is. just killing it. <laughs> He's like an inevitability. It's, it's, it's genuinely the scariest I think the Joker's ever been, or it's up there mm-hmm. at least. I yeah. love it. He's like a force. Absolutely. Judging by the cover, Junior, a favorite cover art out next week. I yeah. loved Jean Grey number two by Amy Reader. This is a variant cover. We've got Jean, you know, just Cyclops is hugging her from behind, and they're just so in love, and he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> this is, of course, uh, multiple like one-shot sort of stories of Jean and her experiences being different types of uh you know, genes, I guess, in each issue. Um, right. We actually had a great interview on X on Monday again, of course, where I think this cover and a preview from this issue was revealed exclusively on AIPT. But yeah, I just love the play of fire and the play of light on uh, on the characters. Yeah, this is a great cover. And I, I, love, I love the first issue. And I'm so excited to continue the story. Um, I've been very positive this episode, I feel like. <laughs> I love it. That's what we need in this world. Yeah. Um, I love the cover for Static Stat. Let me take that back. Static. Static. I love the cover for Static Shadows of Dakota number six. It's the main cover by Nicholas Draper Ivy. Uh, and this one shows us Static has been thrown into a bank of television screens. Uh, and he seems to be staring at the uh, at uh, Ebon, the villain of this arc. Uh, you can just make out his shoulder and his collar in the corner of the page. 
but there's a, a really terrifying shadow that he's casting on the wall that almost looks angelic and demonic at the same time. There's some really great play of light and shadow in this uh, cover. I love the static from the, no pun intended, on the busted <laughs> television sets. Yeah. Um, uh, Draper Ivy's artwork in this series is unbelievable mm-hmm. uh and I'm, I'm just consistently in awe of how good this book looks and this cover just really popped to me yeah nice pick it's really cool Thanks, it's really 90s to me for some reason hell yeah no that's the that's the best thing about this series is it's it feels fully 90s and modern at the same time like sh- uh, static remembers his roots for sure nice and in our last segment, join us as the Women of Marvel podcasters. Join us to talk all about podcasting, but also Jean Grey, and also about their show. And oh my god, it's great. Talk to you later. Woo! On with us is Ali Pyle and Preeti Chibber. Thank you so much for being on the AAPT Comics Podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to be here. I was so lucky to listen to the first episode of Women of Marvel this season, uh, the Jean Grey episode. Uh, hey! Look, Yay! AIPT's had X-Men Monday going over 200 weeks Uh I have to say, just monitoring Twitter and all of our socials, Jean Grey has got to be the most popular X-Men ever. <laughs> that is, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. It does. My, like, Nightcrawler and Gambit heart is still, like, beating, but mm-hmm. Jean Grey tracks because she's amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would definitely put her in my top two, so, you know. I'm 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 with you. Um, and you know, as we as we nerd out about a lot this season on the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, she's one of those characters who captured my heart very early. So mm. you yeah, you never first... forget your first favorites. <laughs> and she's the first one, like ex woman, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which Absolutely. Is, which is so cool. Uh, to, to start though, the Women of Marvel podcast is taking on a new format. What can fans expect, and and why change things up? Uh, I think Ellie, you wanna you wanna hit this because I'm I'm new. <laughs> I I can hit this. Uh, well, first of all, we have Preeti, which we are so excited about. Yeah. She and Thanks. I had so much fun nerding out this season. Um, but beyond that, uh, we shook up the format a little bit to make it kind of more of a magazine style, where we're getting a lot of different takes on each of these characters. So we have one character who's the Univite unifying theme for each episode and then uh we have different experts come in whether those are writers artists actors who've worked on these characters or we have a scientist every episode who's going to talk about people's powers we have people from the cosplay community we have other fans who have particular connections to these characters and we're able to really kind of take a broad look at their impact on pop culture yeah, it was really cool when uh, Marvel approached me about it and they were yeah. telling me about this sort of like idea they had for the new format because I've guessed it on the show and I've mm. helped done interviews and stuff in the past. And I was like, that sounds so unique and such an interesting a way, like, way to approach fandom yeah. that we don't always see from like just podcasts that are just sort of can can kind of be the whole like, let's interview a creator. Mm-hmm then let's just talk about the history of the character. This is bringing in so many new avenues to fandom and showing sort of the wide breadth of impact these characters can have. Which was a lot of fun for us to get to talk to so many different people about so many different kinds of things and see what they have in common and see where people have completely different perspectives than things we would have thought of on our own. Mm -hmm. Right, you're probably going down avenues you just never expected. Which is yep. so cool. AIPT's had a science section since we started 12 years ago. And uh, I, there's definitely an interest in from the comics angle of like, how do these powers mm-hmm. work? Or I think we've, we've run so many stories where it's like, could Flash really run this far without eating <laughs> 4,000 hamburgers or whatever? <laughs> so I'm really well, compelled by that. And it's something that writers think about too, which is something yep. we got to talk to a couple of our writers yep. about, you know, who who are the science nerds among the <laughs> writers who will have done research into, could this actually happen? Mm. Or how would you take this thing and turn it up to 11 and make it weird <laughs> right. that, you know, uh, it's, it's really kind of fun to dig into that part of the process as well. I mean, outside of the guests, though, you're both incredibly talented with so much, uh, so many credits to your name. Could you talk a little ah. bit about 
your other work and how you apply those skills to podcasting? Absolutely. Preeti, you could go first this time because you've got a book to promote. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. I have been writing for Marvel, which has been really cool. My book, Spider-Man's Bad Connection, came out on Tuesday, um, which is very, very fun. And it's so coming at it from the perspective of uh, on the creative side and knowing these characters, it's really fun to have those creative conversations because I have, of course, like when we write Marvel books, you're working with editors like Ellie and with uh, other writers and other people who are involved on the Marvel side. And it's always a collaborative project, but getting to really nail down like the character and how many different ways people think about these characters will for sure influence my creative output moving forward in a really nice. exciting way. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's just another part of the creative process, which has been really fulfilling on that side now. So bringing the podcasting into that. And then the other side, bringing my writing into the podcasting is of course, just, I love these characters. Like I have my Gambit and Rogue mini for Marvel Unlimited which the last issue comes out this week also. It's a very big Marvel week for me. Um, <laughs> so exciting though. <laughs> so like getting to bring that joy and broadcast it out has been really, really fun with people who also feel the joy as mm. you will hear in these episodes. Mm. Nice. Uh, that's such a good answer. So <laughs> It's like family feud. Have... Good answer, good answer. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Uh, so I have bounced around Marvel and done a lot of different things on a lot of different things. Yeah. And uh, that makes it super fun to kind of get to bring all of those different perspectives into doing these interviews. And whether it's getting to talk to people who have touched these characters in ways that I haven't gotten to work on, that's always fun. And then um, also, as Preeti said, getting to hear just the impact that these characters have had on people as well as new and interesting kind of ideas of who places we could take these characters in the future um is mm -hmm. is really a lot of fun um but you know there are also nostalgic moments where we talk about a few things this season where i'm like oh yeah you know back at the beginning of my career you know many many years ago i got to work on this thing and that was so much fun oh, and that was so cool, so cool. And uh, whatnot. So it's 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 neat to kind of be taking such a broad view of the Marvel universe of these characters um, in ways that, you know, let us bring our own broad experience to it. That's so cool. Yeah. Putting yourself into the into the mix in, in a way. Yeah. Also a very good answer. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. For the uh, the podcasters out there, the nuts and bolts, if you will, how much time goes into prep for the show? We have been working on it all summer. Yeah. Um, Kind of living in it. So we want to make sure, I think, that we are having the, the care that each character deserves. And so finding all the people really digging into we have these wonderful like reading lists um that one of our marvel colleagues created that people will get to hear about on the show um so there's really just everybody cares so much so there is a significant amount of prep that goes into and so many people working on it like obviously it's not just us yeah in particular i want to give a shout out to our producers isabel yeah. robertson and zachary goldberg who do so much of the prep like we are the very tip of this iceberg Seriously. and so you know they have done so much work by the time you know we land we in front up. of a microphone like i yeah. i i i come rolling in you know trying to answer emails but you know one last email before we start recording and they they've got everything set up ready to it's go it's awesome they are the best that's great it's a little less stress off you too i'm sure with such a great team yeah absolutely and it's and we had so much fun yeah. recording this show that's yeah. the other thing is that when you're working with people that you're just happy to sit in you yeah. know a zoom room with for three hours at a time and you know it it makes the whole thing not feel like work at all 
I totally get that. Yeah. We're doing like two or three interviews a week, um, for the podcast and it feels like work to prepare, prepare, but it's more like stress. You don't want to mess up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, and the production value on the show is amazing too. I love the sound effects. The editing is great. The sound yes, quality so is good. good. Um, <laughs> I'm listening to the show and I'm like, God, I got to get better at what I'm doing. Cause this is, <laughs> I've always wanted one of those soundboards, like a radio show, but I think that would just be obnoxious. You're not doing that, of course, but there is some great like sound effects and, and transitions. I was like, this stuff. is my recording setup, as you can see. <laughs> it's, it, it looks homey. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this, this is almost mine. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, our producers are amazing. Yes. And uh, whether it is the very nerdy details of things that my ear can't differentiate between, mm-hmm. but yeah. Zachary's definitely mm. can. Mm-hmm. Um, that, or it's, you know, the idea to have all of those sound effects mm. and work that into the story. Uh, they've done really amazing work just on like all of that. Such, just taking a chance on both, like not just the, how interesting the format is, but mm. just like jokes and mm. and trying a bunch of stuff and seeing what works. There's been so much like creative sort of support and creation on the part of our producers that has been so cool. Yeah, you really get the sense that you're, you're it's real. Like I think in the first episode, there's a bit of a mistake or something in the beginning and you just roll with it and there's like a sound effect. <laughs> But it like makes it feel like, you know, I'm getting the real you rather than it being like this fabric. Like you're not talking like a robot into the mic or anything like that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, and that is a product of how much fun this show was mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. that, you know, we're all having such a good time talking to each other. So there were things that came out of this that, you know, we just cracked ourselves up and we're like, all right, well, I guess that's staying in. <laughs> yes. like, you know, I, all right. <laughs> Um, I will tease the fact that we do have an extra long episode True. this season mm-hmm. because we just had way too much fun. <laughs> oh, uh, that's so exciting. yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's all of that is actually incredibly authentic to the experience of making this show. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now your first episode is about Jean Grey. Was there anything you learned about Jean that you didn't know before going into the prep and going into the recording of the episode? That's something that we have to think about for a beat, I no think. Problem. Yeah, that's 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 a good question. Because it's it's hard because the the I will go ahead, go ahead. You yeah, know. I will say you know. not necessarily in terms of, you know, learned about, but something I had not given a ton of thought to yeah. was the uh hero versus villain, you yeah. know, discussion that we kind of had. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I you know, I just love Jean in all of her forms. So I had I had not thought to kind of put it in those terms. And so that was that was an interesting moment of, you know, us needing to take a minute to think about it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned something about the Sabretooth's claws and making Sabretooth feel that. That was interesting. That is <laughs> one of the first comics issues I ever bought it lives oh, nice. forever in my brain uh <laughs> so yeah no I think X-Men I don't know that I bought some of the in-between episodes because I bought X-Men 24 I could not get a copy of 25 because that's when Wolverine gets his skeleton ripped out and there were no <laughs> copies to be had oh sure anywhere. yeah mm-hmm. um, with the hologram but, cover thing the card uh-huh, on it I think yeah uh-huh, yeah yeah I had that um, one but uh, 28 is when I think Jean has the fight with Sabretooth. So that was one of the first mm. comics that I ever bought. Um, nice. And, you know, really, really defined her for me, uh, mm. that early reading experience. Is... Yeah, I think it's it's yeah. similar to that. And I revisited some old Jean Grey books yeah. in, in preparing for the episode. And one of, of course, the Dark Phoenix saga is there. Mm. But I genuinely... It's not that I forgot how emotional it was, but I was surprised by how emotionally I still reacted to it. Like I was like crying reading Mm -hmm. this book that I've like, I know this story. I've read it before. Like Mm -hmm. it's pop culture. Like everybody knows, right? But still I was like reading it and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) Jean. (laughs) Well, because she's just, she's the heart of the team and then they Uh, take her on uh, this journey and, you know, yeah, what an effective piece of storytelling and, and one that even changed 
aspects of how the industry works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's that's a very cool thing. She was so good in the, the newest Hellfire Gala issue. Like, just a leader, powerful, and then, of course, how she ends up is really tragic. Yeah. And now we get a new miniseries with her, so this is, this is a great uh, subject for the first episode, for sure. The we- text messages that I was getting after people <laughs> read that Hellfire issue that just, what? Did this really, what? Yeah. That's funny. Now, is Jean your favorite ex-woman? No, no, you're gonna. But that would be a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, we can't tell. You'll see. You'll see in this season. It will be very clear oh. when we get to my favorite. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> obvious. <laughs> now, it was revealed at SDCC uh, this season will have Jean Grey, Shuri, Gwen Stacy, Kate Bishop, Miss Marvel, and Echo. Is there a particular episode you're excited for fans to listen to? Unrelated to what you just said. <laughs> uh, so my favorite ex-woman uh, is our girl Rogue, uh, nice. which will be our extra long extended Ooh, episode long. because there was cool. so much fangirling that we had to fit in. Nice. Um, so yeah, I that uh, we will we will get to talk a lot about her, and Preeti and I both have a lot of feelings. Lots of feelings. You know what's funny is now I can say Ms. Marvel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that like, that must have been unreal to interview. I mean, it was that was a really that's a that's a really fun for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. But that's a really fun episode. Also, I think I love I love the the large swath of different kinds of guests you have. Um, it makes it feel more thorough, but unique, right? Like there's a wiki on Jean Grey out there you can read. You know, there's all sorts of different materials, AIPT. But uh, <laughs> to get it all in a great audio package and to have different elements all coming in at once, it's really cool. I think you guys, and you both are sound like you really click when you're on uh, air together as well. <laughs> Thanks. This was, fu- it was really fun. We haven't podcasted together before, but it was, I think. Yeah, so uh, the hope an is. joy. That we pretended to like each other well enough <laughs> that it makes for an entertaining listening experience. Preeti, I wanted to ask you about the, the Spider-Man book you you mentioned earlier. Uh, I was looking over some of the materials on it. How exciting is it writing Spot considering there is now this new <laughs> fandom that knows who Spot is? That you know kn- what's wild? Yeah. Is I chose the spot for the second book like four years ago. No way. And I'm not even kidding. Like yeah. I will like find my original pitch because I pitched the trilogy together. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna I love the spot. No one talks about the spot. He's exactly. such a weirdo. My <laughs> like top five panels of Spider-Man are Spidey punching himself in the face through the spot. Yeah, yeah. Like I just think it's so funny every time. And so I was like, I'm gonna use the spot, like whatever that I wrote the book. I turned it in and like I'm not even kidding like three weeks later they're like the spot's gonna be the villain across the universe (laughs) or across the spider-verse yeah 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 and so it was just I mean great minds and Mm, I think I love that the spot is getting his moment he's Mm. such a weirdo I know right and such a wonderful like enemy for spider-man to go up against because Mm -hmm. sometimes they're both really annoying which Mm, is fun true so i had a great time writing him and i love that people are talking about the spot he's the best he really (laughs) is well and i will jump on all of the spot talk to plug the fact that we have a new arc of spider-man unlimited we're actually relaunching after our venomverse summer uh to do spider-man unlimited and the first arc is going to be a team up between 616 spider-man and video game spider-man versus (laughs) the spot whoa love it that sounds unreal so and that's that should be launching this week it's the summer of the spot there you go (laughs) That's funny. <laughs> also, uh, Preeti, I I love the implementation of like social media and like in your in your work, you're like it modernizes Spider Man a little bit, you know? Because I mean, traditionally, you know, when he was first made, there was no internet, so now there's like <laughs> new ways to tell stories, and I think you're doing a great job with that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was one of the big things. You know, I write for kids a lot, and one of the big things I think about far too often as I think all of us do is media literacy Mm. and 
approaching what we see online with some criticism and a healthy amount of like, where did that come from? And so that's yeah. something I try to have as a through line. And social media is a great way to not only pull that in, but also like our feelings and how social media affects our feelings and mm -hmm. thinking about that. And I was like, Spider-Man will be a fun way to do this because I love him. And I was like, this is this is what I want. Like if kids are going to pick up Spider-Man, I want them to also be thinking about the world that he lives in and the world that right. they live in. Right, I make connections to it, right? That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I like Which it. Which is what makes the best Marvel stories, right? It's true. The, the world outside your window. I think that's, mm -hmm. I said, did I say that right? <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> you have to say it at least once an episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, um, before we wrap up, where can people find you on the internet? Do you have uh, websites or, or socials? Uh, sure. Uh, so I am a very easy at Ellie Pyle on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, you can find websites and cool. such. Awesome. Uh, I I am on on the internet too much. Yeah. Uh, extremely online, people might say. Internet mm -hmm. sensation, perhaps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find me on basically all social at Run with Skizzers, S K I Z Z E R S, and my site is preetychipper.com, where you can learn more about my books. Well, thank you both so much for being on the APT Comics podcast. This has been so fun and enlightening, and it I, I, it's rare that I get to talk to other podcasters. So, uh, talking shop a little bit is is always fun. Well, thank you. Feel free to invite us back anytime. It's true. <laughs> We'd love to come talk with you again. <laughs> <laughs>